welcome to Grant Thorne's Risk and Regulation Unraveled podcast. My name is David Moy and I'm joined by my colleague Ben Farmer. Say hello, Ben. Hello. This is a special edition of our podcast. We are responding to the recent publication of the Regulatory Initiatives Grid. For anyone that is unfamiliar with that uh, document, it's a joint publication from HM Treasury, FCA, PRA, Bank of England, the Pensions Regulator, you name them. Um, attempting to consolidate in one place all of the upcoming initiatives that will impact the regulatory environment for financial services firms. Uh, it's been around since, uh, well, I think, but two or three years now, actually, um, and is meant to be updated every six months. I say meant to be because uh, the one we are talking about now in uh, in early March was due to be published in November. And it was delayed ostensibly because at the same time uh, uh, as its original due date, the Edinburgh reforms were being announced. So um, we now have the regulatory initiatives grid. It's online um, and hopefully reflecting, therefore, uh, some of the uh, implications of the Edinburgh reforms. Uh, it's available online, as I said, uh, it's uh, in PDF form. It's now being provided also in a searchable format and can be downloaded into Excel. So I think every effort is being made to to allow users to try and navigate their way to the most relevant um, initiatives for them. But uh, we, we're going to take a, a quick canter through some of the, the high level uh, takeaways uh, from the grid, um, spelling out as it does what we can expect to see from the, the regulators over the over the coming year or so. Um, ben, you've had a chance to go through it. What, what are your major takeaways? Well, as you alluded to there, David, it's, it's I think, interesting that it's there seem to be efforts to make it more user friendly. You can download all the data in Excel form and manipulate it how you want, which for us in an accountancy firm has probably caused a slightly disproportionate level of excitement beyond what it deserves. Um, and that there's also a sort of interactive dash on the FCA's website that lets you slice the data a few ways. Uh, some interesting things to pull out from that. 144 initiatives in total included in the grid. Uh, 41 of these, so about 28%, were not included in the last iteration of the grid. Um, of those 41 new items, uh, three are graded as having a higher impact on firms. Uh, six are suggested to have an unknown impact on firms, uh, and the rest of the FCA believes will be lower impact. Um, the vast majority of the new initiatives are multi-sector, banking and credit and lending, or payments and crypto assets related. Uh, so there's 11 multi-sector items uh, and then 10 each in the banking, credit lending and payments and crypto assets sectors, which I guess given the combined effect of the Edinburgh reforms, the consumer duty, the financial services and markets bill that are all driving this new content is probably largely unsurprising. Yeah, they're um, all intended to be fairly big ticket items, aren't they, that affect um, large portions of, of the industry. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the co-chairs themselves say in the forward that the key themes and measures from the Edinburgh reforms and the financial services and markets bill are reflected in the grid's commitments and regulators are taking forward the government's ambition for the UK to be an attractive, trusted and competitive, that word again, global hub of financial services. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy they are to be to be doing that, I'm sure, as well. Uh, so so you mentioned you mentioned um, the, uh, the the summer initiatives are graded by impact, aren't they? So we've got some that are considered to be high impact. So so what 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 what, what does the rig say? Sorry, that's abbreviation for the regulatory initiatives grid. What what does the rig say about the higher impact initiatives? 
So, so there are 10 specific items that have actually been flagged very early in the grid as being the key initiatives in the regulatory landscape. Uh, that's how the regulators have, have chosen to label these ones. Uh, and these 10 items, I'll, I'll rattle through them in a moment, are, I think, mainly actually existing things more than new things. They're just deadlines that we probably already knew about that have been confirmed or implemented. Uh, so the only one that's marked as near term is the buy now, pay later consultation that is already out. We talked about that in last month's podcast for those who'd like to hear more on that. Uh, then the more medium term stuff. So this is things coming out between Q2 and the end of this year. Uh, there's a call for evidence already out on the statutory review of the payment systems regulation, which closes in April. Uh, I think we'll touch on that in a little more depth a bit later on. Uh, a policy statement on the streamlined regime for stocks and shares ISAs is also expected in Q2. So that will give proposed final rules uh, to make it easier for firms to give advice on those very straightforward investment products. Uh, the final remedies implementation deadline from the card acquiring services review is in October 2022. Again, that's a, a deadline for some existing remedies, not a new development itself. Obviously, the consumer duty coming into force is on here twice, once in July 23 for the open products deadline and then again in July 2024 for the deadline for closed books. Uh, there's some authorised push payment scams prevention performance data that, again, we already knew was going to be published. That's highlighted as a key initiative in Q4. Uh, and then some longer term items. LIBOR transition, the end of synthetic sterling. I think anyone who needs to know about that probably already does. So. Uh, the, the final group of payment services providers who need to implement the confirmation of payee service. And then finally, the implementation of the Basel 3.1 standards, which is coming in January 2025. So that's what the regulator has or the regulators have flagged as the sort of key initiatives. So I think, David, we've come up with a few slightly different ways to group some of the yeah, other Yeah, yes. I mean, I would certainly, certainly recognise you know, some of the things on that list you, you've just run through are, are clearly key, consumer duty, uh, buy now, pay later, LIBOR. Uh, but we've also got things like, you know, some somewhat simplified ISA, <laughs> stocks and shares rules. And so uh, it, I think for me, it, it, it struck me as a, as a bit of an odd uh, uh, grouping in some ways. Um, uh, it's certainly my 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 sense in reading the latest situation of the regulatory initiatives grid is that is that you know, there's a lot of the 140 or so individual initiatives, but actually there are some quite big groupings or uh, sets that could be seen as thematically consistent. Um, and I know we're going to touch on a couple of those. So, so the first first of those uh, I, I would say is 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 the Edinburgh reforms driven stuff, and the second is um, net zero driven stuff. So. Uh, so on the uh, Edinburgh reforms side of things, you, you, you mentioned the payment services regulations review, so that's a statutory level review of what is the European Union directive initially, the, the directive and regulations and, and uh, any potential changes uh, for uh, for those regulations as they apply to the UK. So there's a, you know, what can we do post Brexit angle there? Um, there's uh, the uh, work that's going to go on around Solvency 2, which is similar. Um, we've commented on before, um, and we can expect to see consultation papers there. I think in, in June and September, according to the grid, setting out some of the detail there. There's there's three initiatives around funds, the funds regime, so investment funds. Um, so there's already been a FCA discussion paper on the UK funds regime. There's um, going to be a consultation paper on the overseas funds regime. So this that's the extent 
into which you can uh, distribute non-UK funds into the UK um, and, and and some and another look at the money market funds regulation. So so again, you know, particularly even the, the, the DP on, on the UK funds regime was looking very carefully at how we might diverge from the EU usage rules. You know, all of those I think can be seen as sort of Edinburgh initiative Edinburgh reforms related initiatives. Um and then you know going back to the, the desire to make the UK a, a competitive uh, uh, destination um, for financial services firms. Uh, there's a significant chunk of work, as we know, around crypto assets. Um, we've already seen uh, the, the uh, HM Treasury's uh, views on that. We can expect a consultation paper around stablecoin. Q1, Q2, 2023, uh, that'll be a, 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 a joint FCA Bank of England consultation, apparently, um, and um, further further initiatives to follow um, later in the year, potentially. Um, so, so there's a, there's a range of things there that that are um, that are uh, clearly aligned in my mind with, with with some of the signature things that are that are in the um, in, in the Edinburgh reforms. One thing I haven't mentioned, but I'll do so now, is is uh, SMCR. Um, so that was one of the unexpected potentially takeaways from the 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 the, the uh, Edinburgh reforms announcement that SMCR will be reviewed, and we're being told that there will be a, a an HM Treasury call for evidence this quarter. In fact, uh, probably followed at the same time by an FCA PLA discussion paper. So um, uh, some initial thoughts potentially we might see on how SMCR might change. Not much detail beyond that. Actually, uh, the 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 rig actually talks about. Um, Anything further on SMCR will be quite dependent on findings <laughs> from, from from those initial documents. So, um, uh, I, I, at this point, I wouldn't necessarily be getting very excited about SMCR reforms. They seem they seem at the very least at the very early stages and potentially could be quite slight. But but for me, there's a grouping therefore around um, Edinburgh reforms related uh, initiatives. And, and and Ben, I mentioned earlier that there's a there's a bit of a net, net zero theme as well isn't there yes absolutely so there's there's obviously a, a stated government ambition to try and turn the uk into one of the world's first net zero aligned financial centers and so there's a sort of cluster of initiatives that could be tied into sort of supporting that and also similarly linked to environmental social and governance factors or esg for short so there's an FCA discussion paper on ESG governance, remuneration incentives and training. Again, that's already out. I think we talked about it very briefly on last month's podcast. Um, the sort of highest level thing to come in the initiatives grid that I guess may well influence a lot of the other items is the updated green finance strategy for the UK. So this will be a joint effort between the Treasury, uh, the Department for Food and Environment, Food and Rural Affairs and the Department for Energy Security and Net Zero. So this is an update to the last strategy that was published in 2019. That update's expected early this year. Uh, again, a call for evidence is already out. That was issued in May last year. Uh, and that had questions on four key objectives. So I think we can safely assume those will still be the focus going forward. So those are capturing the opportunity of green finance, uh, mobilising finance for the UK's energy security, climate and environmental objectives, greening the financial system, uh, using a colour as a verb, because why not, and leading internationally. <laughs> um, so as I say, that that is hopefully coming early this year. I suspect we may well, whatever themes that lands on, see reflected in some of the other 
sort of more granular requirements that are in place. So the, the pensions regulator has a regulatory initiative coming up on climate related requirements. So there are, I think there are already out some new climate related requirements for statements of investment principles and implementation reports. And the pensions regulator is therefore going to be doing some work to assess how compliant firms are with these. Uh, the FCA will be issuing a consultation on implementing the International Sustainability Standards Board's disclosures requirements. Uh, so the ISSB is expected to finalise its own disclosure standards later in 2023, at which point the FCA has then committed to exploring implementing those standards uh, in its rules for listed companies. So if the FCA does choose to go down that route, that will replace the existing TCFD disclosure requirements. Yeah. that firms currently have to meet. Uh, that consultation is expected in late 2023, and then if there are any final rules, they should be in the first half of 2024. But all of those timings are subjects of when the ISSB actually publishes its rules, what the government responds, and what consultation responses the FCA gets. Yeah. Um, so yeah. those are sort of the new climate initiatives. There's a few other things that are kind of restated that were already in the grid on climate and the SG factors as well. Yes. So as you say, they have a bit of a theme there, a fairly clear statement of intent that yeah. this is becoming an established part of the regulatory framework now. And yeah. I still am guilty of talking about this as a new focus. I don't think it is anymore, really. It's It needs to become a, a fairly core focus now. Well, as, as we, we've touched on in other, other podcasts, because the Financial Services and Markets Bill is, is make, providing an explicit objective for the regulators collectively to uh, facilitate achievement of net zero. So so um, how do they do that? Well, they do it with uh, initiatives like these ones and I suspect many, many more to follow actually. So yeah, as you say, there's, 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 there's plenty already happening and plenty that will happen and it won't be um, the last time we, we uh, put out the content on the subject. Um, so those, those for me, those Edinburgh reforms linked uh initiatives and the net zero linked initiatives felt like felt like the sort of big coherent themes i mean the, the, there's a there's a few other things that we thought i know in, in preparing for this podcast that, that hadn't made the um made the uh the top initiatives list as 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 pulled out by the regulators but we thought were quite important um and so we're going to ask through those extremely quickly one uh in no particular order either there's a there's a, a pra led exercise to uh, and it's not the first of its kind but it, hopefully it's moving to more 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 tangible results to um uh improve data collection uh from banks in particular so so this is uh to to, to, to sort of build the, uh, the the mechanics for um delivering uh more efficient data collection um to the regulators from the banks in particular constructed around the Basel 3.1 requirements. Um, ben, I know there's there's a there's a mortgage uh, borrowers guidance as well. Uh, yeah, so that's expected with finalised guidance and a feedback statement in the first half of 2023. This will be guidance for firms supporting mortgage borrowers impacted by the cost of living. Um, no detail at all so far on what that will entail, but I know in the insurance sector we've seen recently some work where basically the FCA has taken the COVID pandemic guidance that it issued and updated it to turn it into cost of living guidance. So I would hazard a guess something similar probably headed the mortgage sector's way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got a consultation paper also coming up on diversity and financial services. Uh, so a consultation expected in the first half of 2023. 
and then policy statement and final rules either late 23 or early 2024. Uh, and then a, a few things that are existing initiatives, but the timelines have moved slightly. So sustainability disclosure requirements and investment product labels. Uh, that policy statement is now provisionally expected in June 2023. Uh, there's a consultation from the PRA on critical third parties oversight. That's now happening in the second half of 2023. And the final report from the market study on credit information. So that's uh, credit reference agencies. Again, that'll be Q3 2023 that that's expected. Thank you, Ben. So hopefully uh, for anyone listening, that's been a useful uh, overview of what's in the regulatory initiatives grid. There's obviously a lot of detail on uh, to be covered on a lot of uh, a lot of the specifics we mentioned, which much of which we've covered in other podcasts and much of which uh, we will no doubt cover in future podcasts as well. So please do seek out our other content so you can uh, you, you can um, uh, delve into some of those topics. Um, I was going to wrap up, Ben. I mean, I don't know what you feel, but uh, we've obviously seen, I think this is the sixth iteration of the regulatory initiatives grid, <clears throat> and it's always a mix. It's always a mix of, of uh, initiatives that are being driven by uh, events and uh, sometimes in, in response to particular um, problems having arisen, market issues, etc. Uh, and, and, and a mix of uh, more sort of top down, top down sort of policy driven um, uh, efforts uh, and 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 so I think we're seeing that mix here. I, I guess my takeaway a little bit was that um, the the balance of this particular regulatory initiative grid with the with the Edinburgh reforms and with the net zero content, it does feel a bit more led by top down policy than previous iterations. So the balance in that respect is is is, is skewed a little bit towards those big ticket uh, government led policy areas. I don't know whether that will you know be a guy for. for for future iterations of this, but but at least uh, at least in terms of this particular example, um, there's an awful lot of uh, thematic change that that is being undertaken to align with um, some of the government's priorities. I don't know is that is that is that a fair assessment, Ben, or am I? No, I think I think I'd agree with that. This this particular iteration, in terms of the new material that's in it, certainly feels more like a yes, a strategic document and a, a change of direction and policy led rather than a sort of reactive. We've had a load of market scandals that we need to get on top of and let's brush some new rules out. Um, I guess, yeah, in terms of whether they stay that way in the future or not, largely depends on what the industry gets up to in the meantime and, and what new crises arise that need responding to, Indeed. of which hopefully none. Um, <laughs> I would hazard a guess there might be more cost of living in the next iteration, but that's yeah, a guess. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good point. That's, Going back to the, the balance, there isn't a great deal that you would particularly say is, is related to cost of living. Um, uh, and you know, there's obviously a lag around these things and may, maybe we'll see more next time. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's it's it, it, every time we review one of these, uh, there's there's a there's a there's a change of emphasis. And I guess from the industry's perspective, that change of emphasis is sometimes the hardest thing to manage um, because the population of initiatives does change. Having said that, I, I, I still I still think the regulatory initiatives grid has been a tremendous um, development in terms of giving some clarity to forthcoming plans. So um, with that, I will close for now. As I say, um, we'll be uh, uh, producing other content, getting into some of the specifics that are listed in the regulatory initiatives grid. And hopefully in about six months time, we'll be back seeing what updates have been made. Thank you for joining us today and uh, we'll speak to you soon.